Welcome to Zichud Avsi, Mani Member by Ram Goldhar, and today Masechus Baba Kama, Daf Peches, the eighth parak of Chovel. So the three times we're going to focus on number one in the Mishnah on Daf Pezayin Amud Aleph, the Tanakhem has said that one who injures an Evakanani makes all five payments, but Rabbi Yehuda said that Avadim do not have Boshes payments. The Gemara explains that the Torah writes Achiv, brother, regarding Boshes, teaching Bimishyeshu Achva. It applies with someone who has potential for brotherhood with Jews, excluding a slave who cannot marry a Jewess. The Rabban encounter Achiv Huba Mitzvos. He is a Jew's brother regarding most Mitzvos and is therefore included in Boshes. The Gemara asks, according to the Rabban, a slave should be a valid witness, since they hold the slave fulfills the brother requirement written by Aiden. The Gemara ultimately derives it from Mitzvah Shava, a Goslin, who can marry a Jewess, is disqualified from Aiden's, although Mice of Garmogel, whose actions cause his disqualification, a woman and a Katan are also disqualified. Although a woman is not fit for Mila, and a Katan is not obligated in Mitzvahs, a Goslin is obligated in all Mitzvahs. Marbrate Ravina Darshan, William Musu Avos Albanim, Fathers should not be killed because of sons, teaching that people are not killed on the aidus of Avu Sheinu Banim, fathers who have no genealogical relationship to their sons, nor to their fathers, meaning slaves. Point which Rav Shmuel bar Abba of Hagronia's mother, after marrying Rabbi Abba, wrote over her property to her son Rav Shmuel. After she died, Rabbi Yirmiyah bar Abba established Rav Shmuel as a property's owner. Rav Yudah ruled otherwise, quoting Shmuel, If a woman sold Maluk property during her husband's lifetime and then died, the husband collects the property from the purchasers. Thus, Rabbi Abba can take the property from Rav Shmuel Bar Abba. Rabbi Yirmiyah Bar Abba explained his position that since the Kenyan Peros, ownership of produce that the husband had in her property is not tantamount to Kenyan Aguf, ownership of the property itself, he cannot prevent her from giving that property to her son. However, Shmuel's ruling was based on Takana's Usha, the enactment of Usha, with the decree to strengthen the husband's right to her property, allowing him to collect it from her purchasers after she dies, as Shmuel said. And point number three, Rabbi Yumri Bar Abba quoted a mission discussing one who writes over his properties to his son to acquire after his death, whereby the son owns the physical land now, but the father retains the right to its produce until he dies. The mission concludes that if the son sold the properties, the buyer is nothing until the father dies, indicating that he does acquire them when he dies. If the son dies before the father, without owning the produce himself, Rabbi Yochanan says, the purchaser does not acquire the property when the father dies. This is because he holds Kenyan Peres Kenyan Aguftami, Ownership of the produce is tantamount to ownership of the principal itself. Therefore, when the son who owned the property sold it, he was selling that which was not his, since the father retained the right to the produce. Rich Wakish says that the buyer does acquire the property after the father dies, although the son died first, and he says this case is included in the above Mishnah. This is because he holds the father's Kenyan Peros is not Kenyan Aguf. Therefore, when the son sold it, he sold that which is his. So once again, the three points are number one. In the Mishan Duff, Pezayin Amanalov, the Tanakhama said that one who injures an Ever Kanani makes all five payments, where Behuda said that Avadim do not have Boshes payments. The war explains that the Torah writes Achiv, brother, regarding Boshes, teaching, Bimishyeshu Achva, it applies with someone who has potential for brotherhood with Jews, excluding a slave who cannot marry a Jewess. The Rabban encounter Achiv Hubamit, he is a Jew's brother regarding most mitzvos and is therefore included in Boshes. The Gemara asks, according to the Rabban, a slave should be a valid witness, since they hold the slave fulfills the brother requirement written by Aiden. 
The Gemara ultimately derives it from Mitzvah Shava, a Goslin, who can marry a Jewess, is disqualified from Adas, although Mice of Garmelo, whose actions cause his disqualification, a woman and a Katan are also disqualified. Although a woman is not fit for a Mila, and a Katan is not obligated in Mitzvahs, a Goslin is obligated in all Mitzvahs. Marbrated Ravina Darshan, William Musu Avos Albanim, Fathers should not be killed because of sons, teaching that people are not killed on the Adas of Avoshemelem Chayes Banim, fathers who have no genealogical relationship to their sons, nor to their fathers, meaning slaves. Point to Rav Shmuel Bar Abba of Hagrunia's mother, after marrying Rabbi Abba, wrote over her property to her son Rav Shmuel. After she died, Rabbi Yirmi Bar Abba established Rav Shmuel as a property's owner. Rav Yudah ruled otherwise, quoting Shmuel, If a woman sold Maluk property during her husband's lifetime and then died, the husband collects the property from the purchasers. Thus, Rabbi Abba can take the property from Rav Shmuel Bar Abba. Rabbi Yirmi Bar Abba explained his position that since the Kenyan Peros, ownership of produce that the husband had in her property is not tantamount to Kenyan Aguf, ownership of the property itself, he cannot prevent her from giving that property to her son. However, Shmuel's ruling was based on Takana's Usha, the enactment of Usha, with the decree to strengthen the husband's right to her property, allowing him to collect it from her purchasers after she dies, as Shmuel said. And point number three, Rabbi Yumri Bar Abba quoted a mission discussing one who writes over his properties to his son to acquire after his death, whereby the son owns the physical land now, but the father retains the right to its produce until he dies. The mission concludes that if the son sold the properties, the buyer is nothing until the father dies, indicating that he does acquire them when he dies. If the son dies before the father, without owning the produce himself, Rabbi Yochanan says, the purchaser does not acquire the property when the father dies. This is because he holds Kenyan Peres Kenyan Aguftami, Ownership of the produce is tantamount to ownership of the principle itself. Therefore, when the son who owned the property sold it, he was selling that which was not his, since the father retained the right to the produce. Rich Wakish says that the buyer does acquire the property after the father dies, although the son died first, and he says this case is included in the above Mishnah. This is because he holds the father's Kenyan Peros is not Kenyan Aguf. Therefore, when the son sold it, he sold that which is his. All right, so now we go to Simitah Peches, and our standard simon is a pach, a garbage can or a dustbin, depending on where you live. So Paches is simon. So here goes. When the Ebekanani took the garbage can outside from the basin, where he was not allowed to give aidas, he saw a man approach with who was claimed to his deceased mother's Nixley Maluk property into the garbage can, since her husband took it, based on Tegana Susha. As another person was selling land, his father wrote over to him, while his father retained rights in the produce until his death. Once again, it's a motion. When the Evakanani took the garbage can, garbage can, that must be run off, peches, pach. When the Evakanani took the garbage can outside from the basin, where he was not allowed to give aidas, which reminds us, the Gemara brings a source that an Evakanani is disqualified as an aid. So when the Evakanani took the garbage can outside from the basin, where he was not allowed to give aidas, he saw a man approach who threw his claim to his deceased mother's nickname of Luke property into the garbage can, since her husband took it based on Dekana Susha, which reminds us, Rav Shmuel Bar Abba of Hagronia's mother, after marrying Rabbi Abba, wrote over her property to her son Rav Shmuel. After she died, Rabbi Yirmi Bar Abba established Rav Shmuel as a property's owner. Rabbi Yehuda ruled otherwise, quoting Shmuel, that if a woman sold her nixim alug during her husband's lifetime and then died, the husband collects the property from the purchasers. Thus, Rabbi Abba can take the property from Shmuel Bar Abba. Shmuel's ruling was based on Takanas Usha, the enactment of Usha, where they decree to strengthen the husband's right to her property, allowing him to collect it from her purchasers after she dies, as Shmuel said.
So when the Ebekanani took the garbage can outside from the basin, where he was not allowed to give Edas, he saw a man approach who threw his claim to his deceased mother's nickname, Alu property, into the garbage can, since her husband took it, based on Takana Susha. As another person was selling land, his father wrote over to him, while his father retained rights in the produce. Until his death, which reminds the Mormons of Machlokas of a king and parents continue a goof regarding preventing a sale, such as in the case of one who writes over his properties to his son to acquire after his death, whereby the son owns the physical land now, but the father retains the right to its produce until he dies, and then the son sells the land. So once again, when the Ebukhanani took the garbage can outside from the basin, where he was not allowed to give Edas, he saw a man approach who threw his claim to his deceased mother's nickname, Alu, property, into the garbage can, since her husband took it based on Dekan Azusha. As another person was selling land, his father wrote over to him, while his father retained rights in the produce until his death. All right, so now it's time for Formula Bachazar. Daf Pei Dalad. So the symbol of Daf Pei Dalad is a launch pad, and we often use a rocket ship. So here goes. The man in his rocket ship, rocket ship, that must be more on Daf Pei Dalad. The man in his rocket ship he bought with the monetary compensation he was awarded for losing his eye, which reminds us the Gemara brings three more sources that Ein Tachas Ein means monetary compensation. One of the sources is the Torah says regarding Eim Zomim, Yad Beyad, a hand for a hand, which the Gemara explains is extra teaching, Yad Yad, something which is given from hand to hand, meaning money. So the man in his rocket ship he bought with the monetary compensation he was awarded for losing his eye, which he named Yad Bayad, about to find a bubble to collect more compensation for regal damages, which are common and involve a monetary loss, which reminds us a monetary collection is only made in bubble, but most of the Shrikhavi Ispechesron Kis, in a manner which is common and also involves a monetary loss, such as a loan dispute. Therefore, when a person injures another, which is uncommon, damages are not collected. Boshas, humiliation, is not collected because it doesn't involve a monetary loss. Although Rav has said that we collect damages one ox inflicts on another, we do not for a karen of a tam, which is a kanas, and a muad is an uncommon occurrence in Bavo. Rather, he is referring to damages under the categories of shane and regal, the muadim and chilasimim, where they are considered muadim from the beginning. So the man in his rocket ship he bought with the monetary compensation he was awarded for losing his eye, which he named Yad Bayad, about to fight a bubble to collect more compensation for regal damages, which are common and involve a monetary loss, was approached by a man who said he owed him money for the pain he caused when the rocket ship's flames burned his fingernail. Which reminds the Gemara brings him on whether one pays for its tsar and shalubamakam nezek, pain without damage, such as burning someone's fingernail. Daf Pehei, so the similar Daf Pehei relates to a pe, a mouth, and we use a dentist. So here goes. The poor dentist, dentist, that must mean we're in Daf Pehei. The poor dentist who got injured in his hand and was trying to evaluate Tsar by assessing how much he would give to have it amputated by a painless potion versus a sword, which reminds us, the Gemara is how to evaluate Tsar by Magomnezek pain where there's permanent damage. The Gemara ultimately explains we assess how much a person wants to give to have his hand, which is inscribed to the government for amputation, cut off regarding the difference in pain between the amputation by a potion, which is painless, and by sword. So the poor dentist who got injured in his hand and was trying to evaluate Tsar by assessing how much he would give to have it amputated by a painless potion versus a sword noticed sores developed because of his excessive bandaging, still entitling him to Ripu and Chavis, which reminds us, Rava explains that all agree that permission is given to bandage a wound, and the assailant is liable for any resulting sores. But, well, Nitno Egad Yasser is not given for excessive bandaging, where the resulting sores are partially the victim's negligent. Rapido holds that he pays for healing because the repeated word Rapo Yerape to require a novel payment, but not an employment. The Tanakama holds the linking of the two payments teaches that he even pays on employment, just like he pays 
ways for healing. So the poor dentist who got injured in his hand was trying to evaluate Tsar by assessing how much he would give to have it amputated by a painless potion versus a sword. Noticed sores developed because of his excessive bandaging, still entitling him to Ripu and Chavez, but only unemployment assessed as a Shomer Kashuim, which reminds us, Ruffus said that if one cut off someone's hand, he pays its value and the unemployment is assessed as a Shomer Kashuim, a watchman of cucumbers. If he then damages foot, he pays for it, and the unemployment is assessed as a doorman, since he cannot walk. If he blinded someone, he pays the eye's value, and the unemployment is that of grinding at a millstone. If he made someone deaf, he pays his full value, and no unemployment because he can't do any work. Rava asks if someone successfully inflicted all these injuries on someone, but no assessment for payment was made until the end, do we make one single assessment, obligating his full value, or is each injury assessed independently? Dov pay vav. So the similar dov pay vav is police. So here goes. The policeman, policeman. That must be on dov pay vav. Police. The policeman got assaulted who received payment for unemployment, but not for damages since his broken arm was going to heal. Which reminds us, the Gemara discusses paying damages for a temporary loss in value. The Gemara concludes that this question is a subject of Mahogs between Abai and Arava. Abai says, no He gives him payment for his major unemployment, meaning his temporary loss of value caused by his current inability to work, and for his minor unemployment, meaning his current loss of income as a Shomer Kashuim. Rabbi says, He only gives him the value of his daily loss of employment based on what he normally earns, but does not pay for the temporary damages. So the policeman who got assaulted, who received payment for unemployment, but not for damages, since his broken arm was going to heal, was grateful he received a Boshe's payment assessed as an aristocrat who lost wealth, since he was a descendant of the Abbas, which reminds us the Mishnah Daf Pegamama base taught about Boshe's payments. It's all assessed according to the status of the humiliator and the humiliated. This is a Malchokas and a Bryce where Ramirez says that all victims are viewed as aristocrats who lost their wealth. Shambhane Avram Yitzhak Yaakov because they're the descendants of Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov. A poor person is not assessed according to his poverty, which would be too lenient, nor is a wealthy person assessed according to his wealth, for the claim would be endless. Rather, we use the above middle assessment which befits descendants of the Avos. Additional opinions are brought. So the policeman who got assaulted who received payment for unemployment but not for damages since his broken arm was going to heal was grateful he received the Boshe's payment assessed as an aristocrat who lost his wealth since he was a descendant of the Avos. Unlike the poor guy he found a while back who was humiliated when he was asleep and then passed away who received nothing at all, which reminds us. The next mission states that one who humiliates a sleeping person is liable. Rabbi Abba Barmama asks, If he humiliated him while he was sleeping, and he died in his sleep, and never realized he was humiliated, what's the halacha? Rav Zid explains the question is, is Bosha's payment for feeling embarrassment, and this one died without having any embarrassment, so the assailant would be exempt, or perhaps it's because of the public degradation to which he subjected his victim, and here too he degraded him, although he never knew. Rav Papa explains the inquiry differently. Daf Pezain. So the Simran Daf Pezain is a golden Pez candy dispenser. So here goes. The blind man who was put for mitzvahs who knocked over the golden Pez candy dispenser display. Golden Pez candy dispenser? That must be one Daf Pezain. The blind man who was put there for mitzvahs who knocked over the golden Pez candy dispenser display, which reminds us, Rebuta exempts a blind person from Boshas, Gallus, Malchus, and capital punishment, as well as all monetary laws. Another Brisa adds, And so Rebuta would exempt him from all mitzvahs in the Torah. This is because the Torah writes, Together, teaching Anyone who is included in monetary laws is included in the commandments and statutes, but anyone excluded from monetary laws is not included in the mitzvahs. 
So the blind man who was putted from mitzvahs, who knocked over the golden Pez candy dispenser display, didn't see the girl who had come into the store to buy Pez candy with the money she received from getting injured, which reminds us, Rabbi Lazar asked Rav, Achobo babas katana shalacherim, if one wounds the minor daughter of others, to whom is the injury payment given? Do we say that since the Torah awarded all the gains of her na'aras to the father, he also receives the injury payment, since her value as a potential ama'ivriya was diminished, or do we say that he only receives gains such as her Kedushan money because he can marry her off to whomever he chooses, but not injury money since he's prohibited from injuring her? Rav responded that the father does not receive her damaged payments. So the blind man who was putter from mitzvahs who knocked over the golden Pez candy dispenser display didn't see the girl come into the store to buy Pez candy with the money she received from getting injured, nor the boy outside looking through the window whose money was put in a trust when his father injured him, which reminds us, it was taught in a bright miyad. if one injures his adult son, he shall give him payment immediately. If he injures his minor son, he makes a trust for him. All right, so now it's time to conclude our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which step do we have a question regarding one who injures someone's minor daughter regarding who gets to keep the injury payment, her or her father? That's on Duff. Payzine. Good number two. Which stuff do we discuss whether one gets paid in damages for a temporary loss in value? That's on Duff. Payvav. Good number three. Which of the one that in Bavl, they only judge cases that are milsa de shchich isbe chesron kis? That's on Duff. Paydal. Good number four. Which of the one the source that an evakanani does not give aidas? That's on Duff. Good number five. Which of the one that was on a price that if someone injures his minor son, the injury payment is put in a trust? That's on Duff. Pays on. Good number six. Which stuff do we question if Kenyan parents is continuing a goof regarding preventing a sale? That's on Duff. Pechas. Good number seven. Which stuff do we learn how to evaluate Sarba Makmanezik? And the assessment is based on how much a person would pay for a painless potion versus a sword to cut off his hand. That's on Duff. Pay. Good number eight. Which stuff do the case of a mother writing over her nixim malug to her son and then she dies in the life of her husband? That's on Duff. Pechas. Good number nine. Which stuff do we have a question whether one pays boshas for humiliating a sleeping person who then dies and was never aware of the humiliation? That's on Duff. Pechas. Good number ten. Which stuff do we have the mission that lists the chamisha devarim, the five payments that one is chayev for personal injury? That's on Duff. Pechas. Excellent. That comes today's shir. This is everybody. Ram Goldhar from Zichu. Wishing you a great day and great learning.